All right. Ready to go? Yeah. Yeah, let's do this. So uh, welcome, Neeraj, uh on the Healthy Indian Podcast. This podcast is about mental health and fitness, so really happy to have you on here. Thank you so much for your time with all of our busy schedules and rescheduling and <laughs> going back and forth. So really happy to have you. Um, you want to talk a little bit about yourself and just introduce yourself, just well, say hi to the people. I know you're already a big advocate of mental health, so happy to have you here. Thank you. Thanks, Umang. Yeah, man. I mean, mental health is such a big topic. I mean, I think you can probably put that into everything. But, uh, you know, my name is Neeraj, also known as Raj or Hajinho or multiple names there. But uh, um, originally um, born and raised in uh, L.A., uh, moved out here about 10 years ago. Um, I'm a radiation oncologist and a choreographer, artist. Um, you know, my passion's always been, you know, music, movement, and philosophy, and, um, you know, after being an oncologist for, for 10 years, and so sort of navigating that as it leads to my own, in my own personal mission, um, as it uh, pertains to sort of, uh, you know, healing in the broader perspective, right. so, you know, for me as myself, as, as an artist, and how that kind of plays a role in the oncology world, and navigating those two spaces, and so you end up seeing, you know, mental health out there in the real world and also mental health as it pertains to myself <laughs> as you kind of then navigate this journey. So that's kind of a little bit about me. Um, and uh, I don't know. Let's go. <laughs> so uh, I know, I know like you were on the show Indian matchmaking as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, I know you, you wanted to hit on this topic, like mental health when it comes to relationships. So yeah. um, how, well, like, how did you, I guess, find your person on the show? Um, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, that's a very phenomenal, that's a great question. You know, and I think, um, Here's some that, yeah, this show kind of uh, came about uh, in a very interesting way, right? I mean, I've always, um, you know, had a tendency towards the art and things like that. But um, I actually met, uh, was introduced to Shito off the show, you know, it was through a, I threw a mutual friend. So that was back in March. And I had known that, you know, she had told me she was doing, you know, this show uh, for her own you know, reasons. And obviously, sincerely to kind of meet somebody. Um, and uh, to be honest, uh, our relationship started moving forward. And uh, she just asked me, she's like, hey, um, you know, would you be interested without any kind of strings attached? Any, would you be interested in helping me close, close, uh, close my story on the show? And for me, I mean, I've been ready my whole life just to, you know, sort of just be, be myself for, for, for whatever needed to happen. And so, um, you know, I just talked to Netflix a little bit about, you know, portrayal, things like that. And I was like, let's do it. And so that's how it kind of happened. And, um, you know, I think from that, you know, as you navigate a relationship and kind of going through there, there's so many questions kind of come up, right? Because there's so many things that are associated with mental health, either you know, relationship-wise, spiritual-wise, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally. And so that's kind of how this topic kind of, um, to me, is, is, is very important. But, um, you know, that's a little bit of that story. So I actually never, um, you know, knew anything about the show until I met her. And then uh, from there, I mean, there's been a lot of things that have kind of developed. But I think that that's kind of what we started. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, relationships, I always feel like there's a lot of ups and downs. And, um, you know, definitely like mental health is one of those things where like, 
you know, I've, I'm, I'm, thank God I'm talking to something that's really good for me now, but I had people in the past that, you know, with my mental health, they would test it. So, um, or just like in, in general with me, just going through a relationship, you know, going through heartbreak that has an impact on my, I guess, day-to-day -day performance. Like, you know, I, I, I saw like the thing where you said, uh, I saw your post about stasis and you feel like you're stuck in a loop and then uh, stagnation and all that stuff. And I thought, you know, let me work on my own song to feel a little bit more authentic, you know? So, yeah, I really like that perspective that you brought. And I was like, wait, how did you get through, I guess, stasis that you went through and stuff to what, whether it's mental, physical, um, how do you kind of go through mental health, like battles and stuff too? Do you have any forms of anxiety as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for me, um, you know, this idea of concept and or growth, you know, is kind of a, a sort of a very, um, it's kind of a very airy topic and it can kind of lose touch with the ground sometimes. But hey. the way I like to think of it is that essentially after every three to four years, you know, you have this like calling, you know, either, and it's usually a calling for growth. Sometimes we pick up the call, sometimes we don't. And it's kind of hard for us to really unpackage what that means. And, you know, really stasis is, is usually the best way I can describe it, right? Because I love that. obviously in the, in the physical sense, you know, with respect to movement and stuff, there's, the, you know, these physical benefits of movement for a very, for, for a reason, right? And then that's exactly how, you know, the concept of stasis kind of arises. And you're kind of been wondering like, okay, so what is this really about? Is this about my relationship? Is this about my own personal goals? Um, whether they be external or internal, right? A lot of times we were, people were always looking at like, okay, what the next step is, right? Like, okay, you know, you're going to start your own practice, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you want more autonomy. Um, but usually there's, there's two chapters, right? There's the external sort of journey that we all go through um, where no matter what you want to do, even doing this podcast, right? It's, it's something new, you, you take a leap, um, and then you're in this whole new world, right? And, and I'm using the parallel of like Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, right? Which is my favorite um, analogy to, to how all this stuff works. Then you get into this new world and you're like, oh, wow, it's so great here. But then when you're there, you got to try to bring that message down to earth. And that's not really that easy. And so that's sort of the external battles. And of course, you know, you can talk about all these other things we want and acquire. And that's that part of it. And, but I think the more important part of it is sort of our own inner journey right? Where we kind of go in, we face our own shadows. And too often in our culture, we're supposed to sort of suppress that shadow. What do I mean by the shadow? What I really mean is like the darkness, whatever that dark energy is, we tend to be like, oh, you know, Diwali, the victory over light over dark, right? Which that's not the case. It's how we embrace the, the darkness and kind of, you know, um, you know, you know, uh, befriend it and then we in a sense use that to sort of um you know help transmute those situations and i think that's really what where i think that you know the journey really comes down to you know your own weaknesses and your own kind of um sort of uh things that you had suppressed for a long time and i think those things really come up uh in any in any given scenario but typically you know through this concept of stasis you're always trying to figure out how how that kind of plays a role <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, I uh, do you feel like when it comes to this darkness, do you think like, especially in our culture or a lot of cultures, it's kind of almost stigmatized, like, hey, it doesn't exist. Like, sometimes anxiety, depression, all this stuff is like, people, you know, people are like, hey, it doesn't exist. It's all in your head, right? 
So. Yeah, I think so. And there's a generational thing, right? I think for first generation yeah. Indian Americans and, and we talk about stigma, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's great. I, I think it's true. But remember that generation, which I always call the greatest generation that ever lived in so many ways, um, they were, uh, their, their, their fight was against survival. <laughs> so it's a different type of mentality, you know, at the, when you're not at the top of Maslow's hierarchy. So their perspective is very different. And I think that, you know, a lot of people could live with the fact that they just kind of, you know, they made it happen, you know, and that is enough to provide that contentment. I think for us, our challenge is looking back and being like, wow, a lot of this stuff has been happening. And even now we're seeing, you know, stigmatized how to, you know, be able to be honest about how the relationship really is, right? Um, you know, and I, my favorite phrase is like garbage in, garbage out, right? So you put <laughs> garbage in, which is like, you know, uh, and then you're going to get garbage out. So unless we get into like what those details are about how these modern day, you know, how, how these relationships function, what are the power dynamics, what are the expectations, how you kind of able to talk about all these things, I think it, it becomes stigmatized because it's kind of like, you know, it kind of becomes like, hey, you know, just get your shit together type thing or, or get it together type thing. And instead of really kind of looking at these things as, a, as an opportunity to grow uh, personally. And I think that that's really the biggest, um, I think that the biggest roadblock we're up against because, um, you know, nobody wants to really kind of describe that journey. It's just a little bit more complex and convoluted, you know? Right. And as like a, I guess like a, like a doctor, and I know you're a coaching cancer doctor as sure. well. So, um, you know, I did my research a little bit. But yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> awesome. So how would you describe someone like that's kind of in that situation and, wants to find a way out of that darkness how would you describe someone like someone that's just kind of like new like maybe in college or maybe just watching your show and seeing like oh i want this kind of relationship how the heck do they feel like they get there right because that's why these shows are there right like i'm sure she could definitely like talk about that like she felt a little bit of a certain way like you know when finding someone and same with me you know like yeah yeah i think that yeah, no, no, that's a great question. Uh, if I mistakenly, I mean, if I'm paraphrasing it correctly, it's like, how do you, how do you describe or how do you kind of uh, describe that process and that yearning for, you know, wanting a partner in your life, right? And how do you kind of navigate those things? And so I think the, the show does a good job of, of sort of talking about what a match kind of potentially looks like and you go through your list and things like that. Um, and I think there's like a natural sort of uh, desire in us. I mean, to be honest, like I probably had that sort of notion since I was like very, very young, you know, and that's a lot of it is based on what you see on TV. Um, you know, we kind of idealize and romanticize the situation. Um, but I think that there's nothing wrong with being romantic and ideal as long as we know exactly what this desire is about, right? And then usually what happens is that then you kind of, you know, say, oh my God, I got what I want <laughs> or whatever they say. But really what we're looking at is that I think it's more like, and now I get it, like, you know, match keep making is one thing, but let's talk about match keeping. <laughs> That's Indian match keeping, right? Because now that you found what you want, what is it on paper, then you find out like, oh, wow, there's these other, other things that go on, right? So we're, we're also pretty much interested in like the partner and, and their process how they navigate challenges, how they kind of navigate getting what they want type thing, right? It's 
um, you know, I still think a lot of our matchmaking ideas come from, you know, Hollywood, where, um, you know, it's like you complete me type thing. And there's nothing wrong with the, 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 the romance of that, but that's not the truth. You know, we, we are whole as individuals. So the real question becomes, why do you want uh, a relationship? Right. What are you looking for? And, and, and I don't think we're very comfortable in answering those questions. Like, do we need a relation, want a relationship because we want to have children and a family and that's driving it. Right. And so that's, that's perfectly, perfectly reasonable in this day and age. Or do we want it because, you know, we want a partner, uh, a co-conspirator, someone who's going to delve into all of those realms with you, whether it's, let's say, um, you know, financial production, whether it's like being an artist together, um, you know, what are those things you really look for in somebody else? And then who are you going to then want to kind of grow with on that journey? I think that's really becomes the, the, the question at hand. Yeah. And, and one of those things like, dude, I when I go to America, I'm kind of like, man, like, you know, I'm getting all these questions by people and it's like, it's almost, I feel like <clears throat> being single feels like a taboo at a certain age right so you always like wonder like should i get married should i do this and like it's like people are not doing it for themselves anymore people are doing it to just hit a quote you know hit like agenda so yeah so i mean what we're just saying is sometimes like you know if if we feel that yeah being single is a taboo for some reason or we feel like being single means that you know you can't find a partner and things like that then yeah you're going to be sort of pressing there you go yeah so uh yeah we were talking about like pressing and stuff uh when it comes to a relationship when it like you know when you see other people asking you and almost like you're in this fog of uh kind of like uh being like should i be in a relationship versus should i really I, should, do i really need this or do i really want a relationship and want to move forward because of my own happiness right so yeah absolutely and i think um one of my favorite books that I came across is called Love and Be Free. And it's a phenomenal book because it talks about the modern, I think the modern marriage moving forward. And I think that that desire to kind of be with someone is really about like, how do you want to, you know, augment levels of intimacy, uh, not just, you know, physical, but also like how close you feel with somebody. And then how, are you about are you about that life where you're trying to use the other person as like a mirror to yeah. see yourself as as the truth as you are and then use that to then in a sense you know motivate you and, and better your life i mean that's really the real journey not everybody really wants that or wants to talk about that but i think we don't really talk about that at all um and then but if you really umang if you really start talking to people and you ask them hey you know so what's going on they're going to look at you and be like, wow, you're single? Oh, my God. And like they'll say, oh, you know, enjoy it while you can. Things like that, right? So, obviously, some of those things are said in jokes, but they're not because, in a sense, you know, everybody, whether you're together or you're not, I mean, you're going to go through times where, you know, you come together, you grow apart, then you try to grow together again, and you have, like, this interweaving. And there's a lot of great, great, you know, books written on this, and but there's just not that kind of, education out there you know i mean you look at media and aside from your podcast maybe bringing it up i mean you know and there are some actually pretty good tv shows that bring these things to light i think but you know we're not really equipped with those sort of um you know uh 
little like tidbits. And I think it becomes a little more challenging. And, and then after the older you are, in certain ways, like you become more comfortable in yourself, uh, you know, and then you, you kind of meet somebody and then you kind of then try to have to figure out how to, um, you know, bring those two, two worlds together. So it becomes a little bit like challenging just if, if you're not really sure what this relationship is going to look like, you know, in that kind of sense. And sometimes we try to pre-predict, right? We predict like we want A, B, C, D, E, you know, you do this, I do that. And, and it, it, it's hard until you have those conversations and, and kind of figure out, all right, well, this is what it's all about. Like, it seems like we're on the same page and, and you're never going to always be on the same page, but your top three things is, are the things that you kind of have to come back to, I think. And one of my friends said that the best, you know, it's like, you're looking for something, well, you know, stick to those top three, four, five qualities. And then, and then all the other things you got to have to learn how to, you know, grow with somebody, you know, and uh, so for some people, it gives them a lot of anxiety if there's differences and things like that. And as long as you can unwrap what, what the challenge is actually about, you know, it, it, you know, that's a good thing. And then, you know, just getting to that, to that point is usually the biggest challenge, you know, and I can give, feel, I'll feel free to give, Tons of examples down the road. I mean, later in the conversation, but that, that's what I feel like is, is really happening. That of uh, the bigger picture is like what you kind of always go back to because it seems like that's what you're kind of uh, pointing towards. Like you gotta, even if you have all these different differences, there's always the bigger picture and why you fell in love with them or why you like them. Maybe because they're family, maybe they're just very happy or they're very energetic or eccentric human being. And maybe it goes back to that and, you know, maybe you have a disagreement about one thing, but then you do realize like, okay, it's a stupid disagreement. Maybe I will compromise because I like them mainly for this versus something trivial. Like they don't like coffee and you love like coffee or something like that, you know? So Yeah, I know. I think that's a phenomenal point. I mean, basically what you're saying is, uh, you know, when you have differences, you got to be able to sort of um, unpackage them and, and determine, is it really just about the fact that, you know, she likes red Skittles and you like yellow Skittles. Like, I, I, I <laughs> not about the color of the Skittles. Um, if that's the case, you, and that happens, that happens. And there's all these predetermined ideas of ABC. However, I honestly do believe that when we're talking about the house and like, you know, what kind of furniture you have and, you know, you can definitely stretch that and you're not really like, oh, cool. Oh, I kind of like your taste. So you kind of learn how to like give up those areas of like, control in an effort to learn something new because you're doing that and that's great but i think that when people are nitpicking on these differences i don't think it's really about those differences you know there's something a little bit bigger i really don't believe me and if that's the case if it's about those differences i don't think that it's all right. yeah. really gonna uh, benefit or improve your quality of life ultimately we do that right we we, we choose a relationship Yes, it's the it's the thing to do, but we do that ultimately because we believe it's gonna you know um, enhance our overall level of you know contentment in life, achievement, get to a goal. So we, we do that for a reason. So if these small things are coming up. Luckily, it's a good sign because then you got to be able to really unpackage that, and that's where mental health plays a big role, both individually in terms of, you know, therapy and then also, you know, as a couple to see like, yo, what are we really talking about? How is this kind of um, coming to light here? And I saw like recently you guys attended a class together, which I thought was really cool, right? Like a day ago or something. Yeah, so we do a couple things together. Like she was in um, New York for an like, aloe yoga event where she invited 
a lot of people and um both of us you know i mean at least for me like i'm, I'm moving towards you know trying to find we're all we're both doers we love to do things get out there um and uh and get out there so i think that those things like yoga kundalini yoga or attending those classes together really provides like you know it's a challenge but it's good for you know um grabbing your own center as a couple right and doing things that you know are, are not you know because let's face it we don't have to do a lot of things so if you understand that a lot of people have a natural sort of balance and they're able to get into their mode through their meditation and that's great too so i think that's really what it was about we also took um you know a couple acting classes together here uh we actually did a, our first scene together which was great because then it really because you know the, the rule of acting is no acting, please, right? So the idea of that is that everything you say and do, you come face to face with yourself a lot. So I think the more we can do that with each other and really kind of get it for ourselves, then it helps the relationship aspect grow even more. And then you get to really tease out, you know, what are these things? But And when you hear those things together, you know, sometimes it takes a lot of, both humility and also softness. So at the same time, we, we can't be hard on ourselves. Like, oh my God, I didn't realize that this was my emotion and this is what was going on. And then we kind of get, we get a little dejected because we're like, damn man, 40 years and I'm just learning this now. Yeah. Uh, and so there's two options. The first one is, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to deal with that. Let's not go into these uncomfortable spaces. And the other option is like, oh wow, this is what it is. Let's go. So I think we both have that mentality of like being able to kind of um you know really be honest with ourselves and hey at the end of the day if you decide that a b or c d is really 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 that important well then hey everyone has to sort of make that move and, and determine that this is important and then you can go from there but i think that throughout the process of sort of self-discovery um i think it can enhance the relationship a lot better than just being like how do we fix this little disagreement right and um but to your point you know that age-old word compromise, I feel like um, diction and uh, semantics is so important, right? Like we say the word compromise, people think, oh my God, I'm not going to get what I want and I have to be less happy so the other person can be happy. And that's not what it is. I think compromise is really being like, uh, if there's a certain situation, you kind of understand how to use that flexibility aspect of yourself to really enhance both people, you know? And I don't, and, and I feel like, compromise is one of those words where we're, we're not really comfortable using it because who wants to compromise? Like, what does that even mean? Right. Instead of, so the word, the word itself kind of implies that you're not going to get what you want all the time, which is probably true. But what we don't realize is when we don't get what we want, it may set the stage for something a little bit more important for us that we're trying to get towards anyway. Yeah. Oh, I, I actually had a friend who was very like into going out, in the social scene he was like when he met his wife he was very he was like i'm not gonna be with someone that's gonna ground me or be family oriented he was very like a single factor now he's like the opposite of who he is he's very grounded thinks about family he's like i love her culture i love her family i love her sweets there you go you know and he's not indian so like um you know him doing diwali and him not even coming from a family and culture that's like he was like dude this is so cool that you guys even do this like first time going to gerba He's like, wow, what is this thing? Like, yeah. No? So that's beautiful. that's beautiful. I mean, that's really someone looking at something objectively. And that's how I felt about, you know, the Brazilian culture when I lived there. And that's why I speak Portuguese because I went there and I was like, wow, look at this, I guess, heart aspect of people and how they're so kind of open and, and whatever free. And that's, that's who I was. 
So in a sense, like it was a journey not to find another culture, but to find myself because perhaps growing up, I didn't feel like I could be like, oh yeah, you know, I like to, I like to make moves. I like to dance, blah, blah, blah. Oh, or you this, be that. So you feel like you have to kind of hide yourself in, in a certain culture and you find yourself in another. Whereas somebody else can look at the very things you were doing, like a Gerba and like, look at these traditions, look at that kind of stuff. And when they value it, then it, it, it kind of, it begs the question, like, do you value it uh, enough? Are you really looking at this as something that's really, really important? Or are you still stuck on, you know, um, what type of uh, car you're going to try to, you know, afford in the next 10 years and, you know, get caught up in a rat race and you don't really understand what it's for. And I'm learning that as if every interview I do, I feel like people that I, that come on the show and I'm just being real here, they, they're telling me more and more like live in the moment. Don't look at yeah. Term, you know, long term, you don't know what's going to happen. I'm sure none of us here thought I would be doing podcasting or you would be in the situation you're now, right? But, Not at all. <laughs> but, Not at all. And that's really what it's funny you said that because it came up between us, like living in the moment. What does that really mean? That means really every moment you have together as a relationship, you made a choice, especially later in life. Sometimes, you know, um, you know, you're, you're making a strong choice. So, like, every moment you have together is sacred. So, what I mean by that is like, if, if like what you're saying, if, if someone is, is anxious about something that never really happened about the future type thing, then that, that really, unless you're able to kind of unpack really what that anxiety is about, um, it can sort of manifest, it can lead to resentment and it can lead to like, you know, it can lead to a lot of like, you could just kind of get thrown off track, not in the sense of like someone denying, you know, what that literal need is, but really kind of unpacking what it is. And so that's what I think when people say living in the moment um, and really understanding, like, you know, and there's a couple great Bollywood songs about this, but if something gets misunderstood, you know, you have to be able to say, you know, I apologize, whatever, but the next 12 hours of your day, you got to move on, you know, it's sacred. Um, now that doesn't mean that you need to do what I did in the past and kind of like these uncomfortable you know, feeling like you're rejected as a kid or these emotional things. So you tend to suppress it. So you try to avoid any kind of emotional conflict. Now that's different. However, we do have to learn how to like really, you know, enjoy the rest of the 12 hours or the next day and the time because then no matter what you do or achieve, you know, you're losing. <laughs> you're losing. I think coming to that realization, you know, like kind of finally seeing like, oh, like maybe instead of me dwelling on this for like five hours, let me just think about it assess in the moment then the next 12 hours let me enjoy my day with my relationship and stuff but Absolutely. yeah and I, I was really curious to know because like i saw like your interview and you were like talking portuguese and stuff and uh they called you a dancing doctor or something yeah 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 well dude and i know you, you you uh emphasize on like alzheimer's and using movement to kind of like counter yeah. so i thought like personally i thought that was really really cool so like how did you like think like that should be like a, a a form of treatment? Maybe it was already there. But second, like, how do you how do you like deal with two part question? But how do you deal with like doing all that, but then also managing your relationship full time? Because it's, it's tough, you know. Like, it's not easy to just say that crap, you know. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a phenomenal question. I mean, I think you get into like, okay, number one, what was the desire to sort of incorporate movement? And to be honest, like when I came here, you know, to Miami. Uh, in this position to start a start a new center with this new company, I thought it was going to be a great thing. I, I really like the idea of Miami because of the international vibe. 
the Spanish, the Portuguese, all that kind of stuff. And so I got that experience. And then again, that thing happened. I'm like, wait, here's with this passion. Like, I, I like to, whatever this thing called movement is, I like to do that. And someone's like, you know what? You like to do all this stuff. And you're about infusing passion into your profession. And my mission is to, you know, bring joy and passion into the healthcare space. So what better way than to just start, you know, moving with your people, right? And that's exactly what it started. One Saturday a month, we got together. Huh. But really, you know, with the cancer coaching stuff, it was really an opportunity for people to feel like they're in a space where they can be honest to talk about, you know, their emotional, mental, spiritual relationship. And it was surprising to see how clear what insights people have through cancer, you know, in a sense. So that in and of itself was healing. So it wasn't just the movement, which we know the health benefits of that. It was really about opening up these uh, less defined stressors that we don't know how to kind of... Um, defined and so that's really what where that happened and then um you know it just took off from there so we tried a lot of things with the children's hospital coming full circle to today where you know now i'm at a precipice to figure out you know what my next move is and obviously um a lot of that had to do with me myself expressing as an artist right and for me as an artist it was about the movement but how we can connect movement to philosophy right how we can open people up and i've always been less prescriptive so in your in your, in your, you know, oncology life, you're, you're very prescriptive, you know, hey, you know, this is what we recommend. But in the space of mental health, uh, my sort of goal was really to kind of help open up people to some of their limiting mental beliefs, things that kind of plague them. And then without really telling them how to think, just opening up those avenues, I really feel um, it helps people how to maybe think about things, maybe a little differently, maybe not, but just open it up because the more closed we are on certain things, it kind of it tends to plague us. And then now you ask a very phenomenal question, because how do you link that with like, you know, spending time in the relationship? And I think that, I think those things are very challenging. You know, I think it's very challenging because you're right. You're right to say that, hey, this is very time consuming. Hey, hey, Dr. Raj, you like to, you know, you like to make moves. You want to start, uh, you know, your own oncology center. You want to be an artist. You may want to do some acting. And now you're going to do a relationship. So what's going on here? Um, I think it's challenging. I think it's challenging. What, but what makes it less challenging is making it clear from the get-go kind of what your priorities are, right? And um, if your priority is, let's say, spending time with that person and then that in itself propels you to, to, to do other things with that you know, goal, I think that's really the goal of like mutual inspiration. And so that's kind of the track that I've, I've chosen. Obviously, you have to be present for that person you know, spend those time together where you're not just thinking about work. But I think um, that's really what I was kind of uh, at least headed towards where, you know, you can be honest with your partner, like, hey, man, I mean, this is what my goals are. They may not be the same as everybody else, but it, it seems like in a sense, and of course, we'd have to ask Sheetho, but it seems like in her journey, that it's a very similar um, pathway, right? I mean, you, you work a job, which, you know, we always foo-foo these, you know, oh, we have a corporate job, we kind of blah, blah, blah. But let me tell you, these are things that kind of help us provide that flexibility. So whenever you en enter this very mysterious realm of art, you know, you're going to go through a lot of things. And so that's where you kind of just have to prioritize and say, listen, you know, we're, we're here together trying to build this, you know, a relationship, but um, it's not going to come as a compromise or a sacrifice of, you know, losing what, what drives you. You know, and I think that those if those two things can kind of come together and coalesce, um, you know, you can be 
very productive and very motivated, yet still have all those moments, what we call the normal moments, right, of, you know, watching your, you know, favorite series together and then talking about it, things like that, and just being, you know, in that friendship state where you always got each other's back as individuals. And uh, that's something that I, I thought was very, always very important to me, um, you know, making sure that you can uh, really become, you know, great, great friends. And I think that's really how it gets complex, it gets complex because then, you know, we have certain expectations, A, B, C, D, E, and then we have to navigate that. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And it's great to hear that, like, your perspective is so healthy and, like, it gives me motivation too. Like, the next time I am talking to somebody or, you know, in, in a serious relationship, I'm going to definitely try to see, like, how we back each other up, how we are when we watch Netflix or, like, when we watch, like, different movies together, just see each other's opinion. But I'll, I'll try to go in with a more open mind, you know? I, I have to... For me personally, I guess stop being a little bit more closed off just because of all the comparisons. But it's been a lot better from like, you know, a few months ago just because of talking to people and, you know, getting to know people's perspectives and stuff. And it's I feel like we're all kind of going through the same thing. Right. So. Absolutely. And that's the I think you hit it on the, the nail. You hit the nail on that. Once you start seeing once you literally believe that there is nobody winning the happiness game. OK, nobody. I don't care. You're Tom Brady, you know, you're married to a supermodel who's also probably more successful than he is. And people go, oh, how is it possible that he's not happy? Well, I think, oh, we don't really understand what this, this idea is about, right? Like, you know, I, I told myself once again, like once you know what it is you like and want to do and you're, you're, you kind of focus in on that, then other people's supposed happiness and, you know, of course, the social media world, while it does provide some good insights, uh, are, are showing snippets of people's life, right? So everyone is getting this inflated idea of what it looks like. But that inflation is not real happiness. You know, real happiness is when you come, you come to terms with yourself and you're like, what does this really mean? And then you're working, through, you, you're working through this process because there's no tangible thing that once you get, oh, now I'm going to be happy. It just doesn't exist like that, right? And so being open-minded doesn't mean that you, you don't. Um, and what is this idea of open-minded? It's just, it's just the ability to think. It's like, look at, look at this right in here in front of you. Isn't this a quandary? And then you look at that and like, oh, okay. And then you start realizing, then you kind of start stripping away everything, right? Oh, this is what you know, society wants from me. Fine, it's really important. This is what I want for me. And this is my focus. And this is what I want to do to get there. You know? And then you're just more, a little bit more honest with yourself. Um, and I think that's really what being open-minded is about. It's not about, you know, being open-minded to whether or not you tolerate racism or, you know, these literal things. It's more like, oh, wow, this is a very interesting scenario here. Um, and, and once you do that, you realize that everyone is sort of toggling with these scenarios, you know. Some people do it unconsciously. They don't think about it. And you're like, damn, I wish I could be you. You make it look so easy. But making something look so easy versus making versus it being easier, two different things. And um, unless you have those people in your life that are really telling you, they're not trying to, to destroy your ideal, they're actually trying to enhance your ideal by, by telling you how it is, right? And I think that it could be very tricky um, if, you know, you still feel like, you know, you're supposed to be, you know, you know, Shah Rukh Khan, you know, and, uh, and have like, a, you know, rescue someone on a train and, and call it a day. Because, uh, you know, the last time we hopped on the New Jersey transit train and we barely made it on there together. And I said, hey, like, isn't this like a Bollywood movie? 
And, and she's like, wow, it doesn't really feel that way. But, you know, it, yeah, we actually like pushed ourselves on that train and I said, wow, this doesn't feel like DDLJ. This is actually quite stressful. So, you know, in those ideas, and, and that's what movies do, right? They, they put you through this journey and then you're, you're like, wow, I want to feel this way. Um, a social media, I want to feel this way. Um, so really the truth is what really has been going on with ourselves for so long. And luckily, the older we are, when we wait a little bit, you know, you can kind of see that for what it is. And don't get it twisted. Everybody's going to come to terms with that one way or the other, whether you're matched up or not, because match keeping is a lot more interesting than matchmaking, you know. Uh, and I think that this generation, our generation, will have to answer to that in so many ways. The testament of our generation, too, because, uh, you know, my mom always says, too, like, you know, it's your time's coming now. And she's like one of my best friends. She's like one of the most understanding too. So she's like, you know, relationships is one thing. Now when you have kids, <laughs> like, you know. So that's exactly, exactly. So like if you're, that's why that, that's why when you have children, I, I think that, you know, some of your, you know, so-called, you know, conflicts or something, um, they be, it becomes more of like, yo, conflict resolution. That's kind of like the whole goal. I mean, if you cannot have, conflict with your partner in a way that's like productive and to bring it up like it's going to be challenging you know and, I, and I, I would say that i would say that before that you know that would probably be a big um you know big uh it was it was a challenge for me you know because so, so many times you suppress wanting to feel uncomfortable um and if you know if, if we're not comfortable with being uncomfortable in whatever whatever way shape or form then it can kind of get to us you know and I doubt you knew like your friend was going to be your partner or vice versa. Right. Cause she just told you to come on the show and close. And you yeah, know. you know, I didn't, I mean, we were pen pals like through text for like two months before I even met her. Right. Yeah. And so, so. I felt like we saw, I thought, felt like I saw a certain side of her, um, which is this, you know, this very intelligent, goofy, sarcastic side. So when we saw that, it was like, that was our connection. And then, and then when you when you meet someone and make that decision, you know, obviously we were long distance initially, you're like, wow, there's a lot here, you know, it's, it's worth it to go for it. So I, I never, I didn't really think at that time that, you know, I would ever end up being on the show to close our story out because, you know, we, we, we didn't meet like that. We were just, you know, we were meeting like, that. I, we call it thumb wars. I've never texted someone for so long. And so I always like to encourage us, hopefully in the future to kind of remember that you know, initial interaction, remember what that was about, remember how free it was. And of course, when you get into a relationship, there's all these other things that are going to surface. But if you can, if you can, I think if we can, you know, keep it real on those moments, you realize, holy crap, like you're meeting your soulmate and you have all these commonalities. And even like, if I can perceive a challenge that she has, none of that seems like it's not a part of me. You know what I'm saying? So I always feel like, oh, I can see where you're coming from. It's just that, in certain places you may have already felt that and now you're kind of in a different space so you kind of have to you know see how those things kind of uh you know come to light um do you ever feel comfortable uncomfortable in certain scenarios when you guys kind of go out as a couple like maybe meeting her friends or people or just in general like i always had like kind of like going to marriages like random you know a random person you have no idea who the heck they are and you're like yo what if you get along what if we don't but you're dating yeah. No, you just want to make her happy and her friends happy, but it friendship is one of those things that's never going to always work. And then sometimes it works too well, right? Like you just vibe with someone, you're just acting goofy at the dance floor, you vibe out Lincoln, and then you just start going crazy and like 
open bar and you know it works out right so yeah i mean um if i can understand your question a little bit more you were saying um do i ever get nervous about being in front of other people is that a uh, uh, certain life events with your partner so like like let's say attending like a new marriage or something because you kind of have to be an extension of them right so you know sometimes i feel like i have i get anxious with that you know oh i see i see well thankfully i i don't really i i have always felt very 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 comfortable you know being my exact same self you know i have nothing to promote defend or fear so in that light i've never really had that issue because you know regardless of what that relationship is like, you know, I, I'm, I'm fairly comfortable in just sort of just being myself and cool. being able to talk about, you know, who she is and, and how and what her, you know, personal growth story and, and what she's trying to do in terms of how she wants to inspire people through her own journey. And, and so in that sense, like, I've, I've never really felt that way. It could be between, it could be like a 85 year old grandmother or somebody, yeah. right? Because you already, you, you, through the mental health journey, through seeing all these, I always tell people like, you know, people go, wow, cancer, isn't that so sad? I'm like, you know, it, it, it's actually the other way around because you see really what it's about for other people, right? So when you can kind of strip it down and be like, oh, this is where that person's coming from. So it's like kind of like this matrix, right? And when you kind of like see it for what it is, you're like, oh, we're all kind of the same, you know? And if someone's pushing it a little bit, A, B, C, D, E, you're like, oh, I know what that's about. You know, you kind of have a little bit of the ego there. So you kind of want to get awesome. in and this and that. And um, it, it really gives you a chance to come face to face with your own insecurities, right? right? So the way I like to say it, I mean, if you really, you know, shun a, a specific portion of or these types of people away, it probably has more to do with your own insecurity than those people. Um, especially if you're, you know, uh, trying to be like, uh, if you're trying to be, you know, an artist and, and, and putting out the truth, you really got to be comfortable with yourself and be able to answer the questions like, okay, what are these things important? And if you, if you kind of feel a little hesitant, which means that probably uncovers that part for yourself. Right. Awesome. So what's the inspiration be behind the ha Instagram handle Dr. Raj moves? Yo, it was just, it was literally what it was, right? Like when I, when I came to, when I, when I came to the idea of like this movement idea, I knew for a fact that the word dance didn't ring uh, for me. Why? Why? Because I never wanted to be a dancer. <laughs> I always thought that, you know, when you saw some of these musicals and the guy got up there and said a move or a song, I was like, well, that's really the point, right? It was a connection with the music and the movement. So it became, that's why we called it Making Moves Universal, right? Because there was a, there was a power in when you connect to the song or the movement or whatever. And, um, and those are universal type connections, right? So we all have that. And so that's really what it was. And so, and that's why I used to say, I don't know, I make moves, meaning, you know, things are not static. Uh, you have to be able to be okay with some sort of movement. And typically when you're a little bit in that stasis type scenario, that's usually when things start getting a little bit more, uh, stressful so instead of like coming up with the complex thing it was just like hey dr rod move you know these are the moves and uh ho hopefully i can do a better job in connecting you know because a, a lot of times we look at philosophy and all these words being said and even in this 30 minutes there's so many words we say right but really is it really the words that matter or is it just more of the philosophy behind it so i was like why can't we connect movement with these philosophical implications and put it together and now you're kind of speaking a different type of language or, you know, it's like this less 
you know, intellectual and more like, oh, I can kind of feel what's going on here. And then when we feel what's going on here, that's probably, that's probably the more true learning, right? And that's where you can kind of then unwrap all, all your, you know, thought processes on, on, on all these, you know, stressors you may have experienced somebody else. And, and I think that that can lead to more exploration and people can feel a little bit more confident and be like, yo, listen, you know, I need to get a little bit of this in my life. I need to get at this. So it's making moves, right? I'm not, we're not making changes, you know? Everybody calm down. Nobody wants to change you. Who wants to be cha- changed? You know, we talk about a lot of this. We think the world should change, but nobody really wants to change. Why? Because it's much easier to go back to your own baseline. So I say, you know what? Take the stress of change away make one move, do one move differently and see how that, that magnifies and how that kind of replicates in your life. And it could be as simple, as simple as, you know, I haven't really hit the gym in a while. I was like, okay, why don't you take a class out there? And then you meet three or four people. They're kind of in the zone and now you create this as part of your routine. And then you watch how that kind of potentially, you know, uh, affects the rest of your life. Right. So that's the simple thing of moves, no changes, just moves. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you so much for explaining all that. You know, for me, you're already an inspiration. I feel like you come with this really positive energy. You have so many good examples. You make make really good points. And I feel like you're very relatable, man. I feel like if I had an issue or something, I can go to you and be like, hey, what do you think of this and this? And this? Ah. So I think it's like one of those things where like if someone does follow you, they can definitely relate philosophy to moves. And, um, you know, like your main, main mission statement, I think you're doing a great job carrying that out. And if, if there's anything I can do to assist you in the future too, and we can collab together, I would love that. Um, but is there anything you have for me as far as like, you know, this uh, podcast or anything, any questions for me or? No, absolutely. I mean, uh, thanks for those comments. I mean, that's always uh, something I'm always open to any collaborations. I mean, I guess the main, um, I guess my main uh, question for you is like, uh, kind of like what drove you into the the podcast journey of this very very challenging notion of mental health because as you're talking to people and you're getting their responses i'm sure a lot of these things hit home um so maybe you know um what kind of uh, drove you into that space and uh, obviously you know you have your your own gig and your own life and, and you're doing this as a as, as a form of art to put put it out there in the world so what what kind of drives you to, to explore this very challenging and nebulous topic so my number one goal right now is to get Jay Shetty on my podcast because I kind of grew up watching him. And nice. Look, I'm like a huge fan. Uh, but that's my end goal with this, and 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 definitely because he he's he you know he supports mental health so much, and he's a big inspiration to me. I just saw his Kendall Jenner and his recent interview, and I love that as well because I'm very similar to Kendall when it comes to personality. I'm a little not reserved, but have my own, you know, nuances of just being introverted and stuff. So, but me personally, I actually got in, uh, back in the day in college, I actually got in three car accidents week after week after week. Wow. Um, yeah, it was such a weird coincidence, like three cars all busted out. Um, and then I had insane anxiety to it, to a point it was pretty crippling. And, um, I just couldn't like be, bring myself to drive. So then I didn't even know what anxiety was. And I went to the doctor, I actually went to the ER a little bit um, for a little while. And I figured out that I wasn't having a heart attack. It was just anxiety. Yeah. And I, I used meditation and practices to get back on track. But it turns out I was also very big with vlogging. I have my own anime channel. I'm into Dragon Ball Z a lot. Nice. I always had vlogging and creators mindset, even in college. 
And a lot of people don't know that. So when I was like, okay, I got to talk about this because anxiety is a real thing. It's not a gimmick. Because, you know, like if you don't have it, I, I, I love to tell people they empathize. But at the same time, like feelings of anxiousness and that stuff, like those kinds of things, it's tough to really connect, I feel like. Or, or especially like for me, I just never knew that was like a thing, what it was. Um, and then when I experienced it, I was like, okay, I got to, this is like powerful stuff. And I really want to get get out there and make an impact in the world. And then that's when I saw Jay Shetty. And I'm like, damn, he's doing the same thing that I felt and I connect with. So that's my philosophy is like, you know, just connecting with other people, coming in this with no, uh, no, I don't want any reward from this, but I really want to connect with people and meet them in person too. Like, you know, when you pulled up to my hood, I was like, I was really happy because I was like, wait, I can connect with him and we can talk ball, basketball, um, doctor stuff, you know, like my best friend's a doctor. He's a psychiatrist. So I love like having like new perspectives and just, you know, just being involved in the community and just making an impact. So wow, well, that's, awesome. I think the, the best way, the best way out is uh, right through. So I, I commend you for being able to kind of uh, come to terms. And I think you've taught me too, that, you know, when we see this kind of anxiety, in, in in a relationship, you know, there's there's two ways to do it. I mean, if you see it coming from that person, there's one way to be like, yo, run. <laughs> or the other way is like, you know, hang in there and really try your best to, you know, get these uh, inner resources like meditation and external resources like therapy and really try to get get to what that is because it is something that's common. And, and I, I really appreciate you um you know, mentioning that because I think that's a, a good tidbit for everybody uh, that's in a, any kind of relationship and wants to see it go somewhere. We must, we have to be able to understand and uh, really get to know uh, what those, you know, shadows of the other is. And that only helps you, you know, get stronger. And I think that's important because otherwise it's, it just becomes this, um, this thing no one talks about. So. Yeah. And I love, I love that you are, you always mention art. And I love that because like art it to me is like this new space that we all have. And, uh, you know, I had a guest on the show, like from previous episode, and he was just saying, there's so many great people and influencers out there and to just not give up in people, you know, like he had a yeah. positive effect on me. And I feel like there's people like me out there too, like you, other people, Absolutely. you know, I, I feel excited to just keep doing this and kind of have more people on, but thank you so much for coming on today um you know let's collaborate more often and uh thank you i appreciate it thank you so much man have a good one appreciate you thanks brother appreciate it bye